Hi, I'm Peter Malcolmson, editor of OnTennis.ca, the official online publication of the Ontario Tennis Association. Welcome to our first ever On Tennis podcast. Oh, through all the years, I've heard Andrescu, oh my Andrescu, God. and Andrescu. So I want to get it right. Andrescu. I was right. Andrescu. Is that how you say it? Perfect. That's good. Okay. A plus. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Bianca, welcome, and thank you very much for being our very first guest on the On Tennis Podcast. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So, you know what? We're going to d- dive right into it, and uh, we're going to start with the present and the, the near present. Um, and I call it the epic match, which I think you know which one we're talking about. It was the Indian Wells final against Angelique Kerber. Um, fortunately, um, I found out actually through your fan website that it was going to be live streamed in Canada. Otherwise, because I was looking around to try to watch it, and there it was. And it was just probably one of the greatest tennis matches I've ever seen. So I'd love you to just talk us through the drama that unfolded. I mean, not only that match, but the tournament itself and leading up to that, that moment. Just tell me what your feelings were and tell me a little bit about the match. Yeah, I'm glad that could have that could be live streamed because um, I don't think TSN was uh, showing that. So I'm glad uh, Dazen was able to um, do that. And yeah, thank you for the wonderful compliment and the wonderful introduction. Um, yeah, so let's go back. Uh, that was a crazy tournament for me. Um, it was one of the best matches I've ever played in that final. Um, it was a roller coaster, and Kerber was a very tough opponent right from the start. But in the third set, I remember when she broke me, I was really, really tired. And then I called my coach, Sylvain, to come up and he gave a really inspiring speech, sort of, sort to say. So uh, that definitely helped me push through the next couple of games um, because I was feeling really anxious. So I thank him a lot for that. And then I just started going for my shots. And even the whole tournament, I think that's what I was doing well. I was just trusting myself, trusting my training. And um, when you do that, a lot of good things can happen. And that's what was happening to me that whole tournament, and especially in the last couple of games against Kerber. Yeah, you know, um, it was kind of a raw feed um, on on uh, Twitter Canada. So that whole coach's moment with Sylvain coming and talking to you and you saying, "I want this so bad," it was it was live and like it, normally it would be a commercial break, right? It was just so compelling to watch. And I remember thinking at the time, and you reinforced that after that, he said exactly the right thing that you needed to hear at that moment, and um, and and. The rest was history, and then they they've, they flashed to Kerber's coach, and it was pretty quiet. And <laughs> the, 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 it was such a different vibe, you know. And yeah. it really, I think it really pushed you forward. Yeah, Sylvain is a wonderful coach. I've been working with him uh, full time for a year, and then before that, it was on and off because I was with Natalie. And uh, he's a great coach. He has so much experience in the sport, and he's just a great person. And we get along so well on and off the court. So I thank him a lot for everything he's done. Including at the In and Out Burger right here. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's. <laughs> I was hoping to get that burger after the tournament, and if I won, I told myself. So I guess that was extra motivation. <laughs> Terrific. Um, so obviously, um, there was a bunch of big wins in that tournament before the final. Um, tell me a little bit about some of them. I mean, you beat two or three, you know, former or current top tens. Uh, and then if we look back to the previous tournament, New Zealand, you beat a couple of legends as well. I mean, what, what's it been like to play these players and, and beat them? 
I've dreamt of doing that my whole life since I picked up a racket. So being able to compete against them and actually win is a dream come true. So every time I step on the court, I try not to focus on who's on the other side. I just try to focus on myself and the things I can control. And that's what I've been doing well the whole tournament. And not only this tournament, but even before. And I think it started in New Zealand where I uh, gain all the confidence to be able to do what I did at Indian Wells. So um, when you, you know, first broke through, say, in New Zealand, I mean, you know, in the sort of early WTA tournament days, um, you must have been in awe of some of these players. Now you're one of their peers. I mean, what a completely different vibe it must be when you head to a tournament uh, now and they're looking at you like, this is the one, maybe. Yeah, uh, it, it's, a, it's a very nice feeling because I do deserve to be here. I do believe that because I've been working really hard. I made a lot of sacrifices. And um, with the help of Tennis Canada and my parents, um, I, I thank them so much because without them, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. So um, post-Indian Wells in Miami, your world changed. I mean, since you've you came you came back and you're taking a few weeks off to probably train off court and that sort of thing um, but you've been very busy you've been going to Blue Jays games Raptors games Leaf games TFC games um, photo shoots everything so what's it been like I mean you're you've become a very well-known personality in the Canadian market if not the world what's it been like it's been great. I really can't complain with what's happening in my life right now. There's definitely a lot more media attention and people asking me for autographs and pictures, which is really nice. It's, I mean, who doesn't like attention, right? So um, I guess everything is starting to soak in. And uh, yeah, being able to be courtside at the Raptors game, throwing the first pitch at the Blue Jays game and uh, being courtside as well at the soccer game is definitely an honor. So I've, I've been having a lot of fun. And you know, um, one thing we all noticed was that your uh, Instagram and Twitter numbers have gone through the roof. I mean, and um, we just noted that there's something like 11,000 likes for your first pitch. Uh, at the Blue Jays game. You guys are really digging deep. <laughs> yes, we are, compared to about a thousand likes when you won Indian Wells. So, I mean, it's just exploded. Yeah. And, and I think you're a, a young person of the uh, electronic media age. I mean, you must just think this is tre tremendous. Yeah, social media is so big nowadays, and as much uh, exposure you can get on those platforms is really good for for your image so um, it's starting starting to get better and better every day good for you um, so now you're you're um, you have to reevaluate your goals I mean suddenly everything has changed and your schedule is likely changing your definitely main draw of any tournament you want uh, no more qualifying. No more goalies. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that was tough to win, you know, 10 matches in 19 days to, to win that tournament is, is really a tremendous accomplishment, but it's also very taxing on your body. So being seated in tournaments now and that sort of thing, I think that's, uh, I mean, you're going to have to pick your tournaments carefully, but um, For sure. yeah, what, what, what are you looking forward to next of the year, next year, the rest of the year, I should say? Well, I actually didn't get a chance to sit down with my coach to talk about it, but, um, in my eyes, I would definitely like to crack the top 15 um, and doing very well in the Grand Slams. Well, you're 
what, 23 in the WTA Tour now, so it's not I've, a big I've stretch. I've skyrocketed really far and really quickly, so who knows? I think cracking the top 15 is a possibility. It could be one more tournament, right? Exactly. <laughs> Good for you. Um, so you know what? Um, let's take a little look back now. Um, we know that um, your parents emigrated from Romania to Canada, Mississauga, I guess, um, and you were born here, and then you moved back to Romania for a few years. Is that where you first played tennis? Was yes. It, it was. So you, it was. you started the game in Romania. Uh, was it on the red clay courts or hard court? Or? I honestly don't remember. Uh, my dad's here. I can ask him. Was it red clay? It was red clay. Um, I really don't remember my first yeah. moment. Yeah. It was when I was like seven, six or seven. Right. But I do remember loving it right from the start. I really enjoyed playing. I played a lot of sports before that. I was a gymnast at one point, a uh, dancer. Um, I swam and I also skated. Uh, that was all here in uh, in Canada. Right. Uh, skating is really big here, hockey, you know. Um, so. Yeah, once I got uh, to Romania, since my parents had worked there, we were going back and forth. And then one day, my parents just threw me into into the sport. And yeah, I loved it ever since. So then, um, at what age did you come back to Canada? I was nine. Nine. And yeah. did you start... Like, where, where's the first place you played? What was it? Did you have a club in, in Mississauga that you played at? Uh, what was no, it? it no, it was just like these random clay courts um, with one coach that we still keep in touch with and his son and i would always hit with him wow. like every other day after school I, I was going to ask you who your first coach was so you want to give him a shout out okay how do you pronounce his name dad gabriel Histake. Ga fantastic <laughs> shout out to him <laughs> <laughs> um all right so then shortly after you're nine ten years old you must have started playing OTA tournaments? Yes. Uh, once I moved back here, I started getting more serious, and the OTA was um, a big part of how I wanted to get even more serious. And, um, yeah, it's a great start for any athlete at a very young age to play. Um, the organization is really done properly. Um, the people are very, very well, and... Um, uh, it's it's a very great start for young athletes, definitely. Yeah, we, we, we did look back at your records because we do a lot of research, as you said, and it looks like, you know, from 9 through 12, you were playing 50 or 60 matches a year. I mean, so there, you were playing oh, wow. a lot of tournaments. Yeah, like probably Rogers rookie tournaments and then on to future stars and three star and so on, and then provincials. And then, of course, um, the... Uh, you, you, you must have had... That's okay. That, that's, uh, my, that's my dog, Coco. <laughs> that's okay, Coco. Um, <laughs> Just calm down. Calm down, baby. But um, in any Sorry. event, so, so obviously at a, at a young age, you showed a lot of talent, and you were playing up in a older age categories, I would imagine. You know, after a while, you were maybe 12, playing under 14s or 16s or what have you. Um, was, it, was there any players that were maybe a bit older than you that you were competing against but also looked up to on the Canadian junior scene? Yeah, there were many players. Um, I remember I would always play older players when I was younger, um, even in the junior circuit. Um, I think my level was a bit higher than most younger athletes or athletes my age. So, yeah, in order to get better, I wanted to play against better players. So, 
Yeah. Now, do you remember um, sort of the the transition from junior or sorry from um, provincial level to Tennis Canada level when you're starting to play national tournaments and that sort of thing? And I guess that's when you first sort of had the support and guidance of Tennis Canada. Can you talk a little bit about those transition years mm-hmm. when you started playing national and then even ITF tournaments after that as a junior? Yeah, for sure. So when uh, my coaches and I uh, thought that um, we needed to step up the level, um, that's what we did. We went from provincial OTA to provincial level and then uh, more to the national level. And I think that really helped um, me grow as an athlete. Like I said, playing against better players uh, helps with that. And uh, even in the WTA circuit, that's how you get better. It's when you play against better players than you. And um, that's what I think uh, I did well. And now here I am. Here you are, <laughs> yes. I mean, I remember um, we covered you when you were, I think, 13 or 14 in Le Petit A, a big oh, tournament yes. that you won I in remember. France. I remember seeing pictures of you as, as, a, as the champion signing autographs for like 11-year-old kids. But I mean, that, that was a tremendous achievement um, to win that tournament. And then a couple of Orange Bowl victories as well when you were about 15 or 16, yeah. I think. I mean, all these international type competitions certainly uh, helped pave the way as well and the experiences. Uh, 100%. It all comes down to experience. And I think... Um, being able to experience those moments really helped me get to where I am now because I remember when I did win Le Petitas, I'm like, okay, this is, this was the moment where I really wanted to become the best because I got a sense of how uh, pro athletes got treated because they treated us there like we were um, like the best of the best, right? We, you were giving autographs after matches. You'd be interviewed and uh, center court would be in front of a couple thousands of people so I really enjoyed that atmosphere and um, it definitely gave me a sense of how the pro tour was and then on on to the junior slams I mean that must have been a thrilling moment or moments for you as well it was it was um, my dream since I picked up a racket was to be able to be at those tournaments and play those tournaments so um, that was a start I started playing the junior grand slams and I also got a taste of how uh, the pro tour was and it was nice because you were surrounded by all of the other pros so um, sometimes you could just interact with them which was which was really nice yeah um, let's talk a little bit about tennis can support in those years um, how did, how did it come about? Um, what, how did they help you? I know uh, the coaching was obvious, but um, financing, anything else you can tell us about the, the whole system and how, how it helped you? Yeah, so I uh, got into Tennis Canada at the age of 10, and I've been, them, I've been with them ever since, and they've supported me a lot financially, of course, and with coaching and training. And I think Tennis Canada right now has one of the best coaching and um, facilities in the tennis world because all of them are so knowledgeable and they treat you all the same uh, when you win or lose. You're the same person to them. They believe in you and they show you a lot of support. So I'm really grateful for what they've done for me. In particular, I want to ask you because... um 
the Ontario Tennis Association shares offices or shares as neighboring offices with Tennis Canada. So I see a lot of the juniors, including yourself, over the years playing there. And I saw you spending a lot of time, particularly with Andre LaBelle. Can you talk a little bit about the, the sort of formative years when he was coaching you a lot? Yes, I really enjoyed working with him. And uh, we still kind of do. Like when I'm here in Toronto, I'll see him and um, uh, he'll coach me, we'll hit. But uh, when I was with him full time, it was great. Uh, we were traveling a lot together and we spent a lot of time together. He's a very great coach. He's very knowledgeable and um, we get along very well. So I thank him for all that he's done for me as well. He even made you sit on a chair and serve tennis balls when you had a stress yeah. fracture in your leg and had a cast on yeah we've been through a lot together and he's helped me a lot when I was injured um, he helped me he taught me how to have like the right mindset uh, during that period and it's really helped me get through it but yeah when you're injured you got to find a way um, so yeah I ended up sitting in a wheelie chair and hitting balls so I don't lose my coordination and I think that helped a lot <laughs> <laughs> so now you're a WTA touring pro um, you played some breakthrough matches at the ITF level Gatineau comes to mind um, you played the Tevlin Challenger in Toronto a few times that's kind of almost a transition to the WTA, that whole ITF thing. Can you talk a little bit about your experiences with ITF tournaments and how that further prepared you to be on WTA tour? Yeah, for sure. Uh, playing all of, the, all of those matches, like I always say, it comes down to experience. So I think that definitely gave me a good, um, a good sense of what the WTA holds. So um, that's helped me, but it's also different because at the ITF level, you're not at the best hotels, you're not playing against the best players, but it's a good start, obviously, to get there. And um, if you win a 25K, you win a lot of points, so uh, it definitely uh, gives you confidence too. But uh, it's different, like I said, because on the WTA Tour, the pros have the best resources because they have the money and all of that, but on the ITF Tour, a lot of pros are struggling to um, pay for their hotels and all of that but um, I was very fortunate with Tennis Canada so they've helped me. I remember a match uh, it was probably three maybe three years ago you were playing a doubles match with your tour friend Carson Branstein. I've played a lot at, which at, match was Yeah it? well I was thinking the Rogers Cup oh, Rogers in Toronto Cup. and you were you know um, you were quite young still but that, I mean, that must have been a I mean, because that's a big tournament, um, and it must have sort of been a kind of exciting to play at that young age um, against some of these players, even if it was just doubles. Do you remember? What, yeah. Give you some um, memories on that. Yeah, playing doubles with Carson is always fun, but at that stage, uh, in front of home crowd was way funner. So uh, I really enjoyed myself, and um, hopefully Carson and I can keep killing it on the doubles tour soon. Let's hope so. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'd imagine you will be uh, coming back uh, all being well to the Rogers Cup in Toronto this year. Uh, what are your expectations for that? I mean, I think oh, the, the whole tennis community oh, is already so amped up about you. Imagine when it yeah. gets close. Yeah. Um, it's it's base it's my home. I've trained there since I was ten years old. So having that opportunity to play in front of my whole home crowd 
is definitely going to be a highlight. I mean, I played on that court two years ago, actually. Unfortunately, I lost, but I felt all of the love from all of the fans, so I'm really looking forward to it. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of full seats and probably a lot of Canadian flags and Romanian oh, flags man, yeah. flying around that, that when They're you invading. appear there. They're invading. <laughs> Not even in Canada, but everywhere. You see the Rom- Romanians and Canadians, yeah, which yeah. is nice. That's great. It's yeah. Really nice. um, so just quickly back to that that breakthrough period. You beat in a in a span of a few weeks uh, Venus Williams. Wozniacki, Siblikova, Muguruza, Kerber, Svitolina—they were all either present or or, or uh, current top tens, and you know multiple Grand Slam winners. I mean, I remember seeing some of the highlights on television. You like after you won every time, you looked up to your box and you go, "Is this really happening to me?" I mean, that that was a surreal period in your life. I really couldn't believe all of those moments. Um, I remember. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it's. I'm, I'm having flashbacks. It's just crazy to think about it. I haven't thought about it in a while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a dream come true, really, um, to just play against those players. But in the end, actually win is just surreal. Uh, I didn't think it was going to come this soon. Um, but better sooner than later, right? <laughs> so For sure. I, I'm loving it. Well, you, you're it. a you're a very um, demonstrative, emotional player out on the court, as well as a very physical player, um, and that seems to be very appealing to the eyes. Because it seemed to me that in most of those matches, if not all, maybe because you were underdog as well, that the crowd was you know behind you 100% and was just screaming for your success. That must have been really rewarding to have that kind of support. For sure, and it definitely helps me in the match when you know the crowd's behind you. It gives you that extra push when you need it. So it's nice. Yeah, and I just tried to be myself out there. I think that's how fans can connect with you because they can relate when you're just real and raw and honest. So um, that's what I tried to do. And I guess it's also my game style. It's very different than a lot of the other players. Uh, I bring variety to the to the game, and I think it's entertaining to watch. That's for sure. As an old-time tennis player, I learned <laughs> the slice before I learned topspin. So I, I know I, I notice that you um, you do have variety in your <laughs> yeah. game, um, drop shots, and really exceptional drop shots. I have to say, your technique and your disguise is is probably already the best on WTA tour that I've seen. Oh, wow. um, so how, you. Know, I really, I really you. think that's the case. But um, how did you evolve to have this sort of variety in your game as opposed to so many of the players in your era are just like hitting as hard as they can and that's about it? I was always like that ever since uh, I was very young. I would always just hit random shots, really. I guess it's because I was getting bored on the court. So I was just... Um, just trying different things and I saw that it was working in every level OTA uh, ITF um, and now WTA too I saw that it was working so we just kept improving on that in practice and it's definitely paying off it's funny because I've as I said I'm you know privileged enough to be around the training center here in Toronto and um, I've been watching some of the 14 15 year old 13 year old girls that are playing there right now and it's it's funny but Andre and the coaches are teaching a lot more slice than I ever remember and I think it may be because of you that's yeah that's amazing another reason um, 
uh, another goal of mine is to inspire the young generation. So that's great that you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite funny. I think at first they're going, I don't understand this shot at all. But, you know, you can see they're, they're all talented. But don't young worry, athletes. it's worth it in the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of giving back, um, I mean, you have, you know, looking ahead, you have a lot of uh, fame and, and social media. You have sponsors that are probably talking to you on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, you've come along at an era with, um, well, Milos Raonic kind of paved the way a few years ago, but of course, is the three of you right now, yourself and Felix and Dennis, that are all breaking through at roughly the same time and in a very exciting way. Um, I think you, as a group, and you individually have an opportunity to really make a difference in Canada and abroad mm -hmm. for that matter, but certainly in Canada with, uh, with the sport of tennis. So what, what are your feelings about that? Yeah, I think we're definitely starting to uh, to do all of that, um, but it's it's really great because I remember playing junior events with them, so it's really nice to see all of us doing well at the same time, and um, it definitely motivates us, but it's all in us because we've put in the work, we've done, uh, we've sacrificed everything, so it's um, it all comes down to that, but... We definitely motivate and inspire each other, and not only each other, but uh, the young generation. I've received many, many messages on my social media platforms about how a lot of um, a lot of these people actually picked up a racket and started playing tennis because they're so inspired. So it gives me another purpose to play the sport, which is another goal of mine is to inspire the young generation so i think uh, we're all doing that slowly but surely which is really you know, nice to see coming coming from the mouth of an 18 year old to say inspire the future generation is quite impressive because i mean it, it all starts at a very young age yeah yeah it starts at 10 11 12 even five six but so. I, I've, I've really seen over the years that you have a focus uh you sort of know where you stand in the game and you always have even as a junior you, you know particularly when you became one of the best you you were you were accept like quite pleased with that but it wasn't over the top it was like this is the way it's supposed to be and i think you have a sort of maturity about you that would lead you to say things like that at the age of 18 that you're already hoping to inspire the next generation so i think that's wonderful thank you so much um so you know uh We've talked a little bit about your past, your future, your present. Um, just wanted to ask you a couple of really sort of whimsical things. Um, okay, let's not, do it. Not embarrassing or anything, but just, um, <laughs> do you have your driver's license? <laughs> I have my G2. You have yes, your G2. But not my G. And my parents won't let me drive alone yet, which I'm really pissed about because I think I'm a very good driver. But parents make the call now, I guess, since I'm living with them still. <laughs> Well, it's it, the reason I ask is because uh, recently Felix was interviewed and they were saying, well, you're going to buy a new car. And he goes, I don't even have my license yet. <laughs> I mean, I think I can I can buy a car, but um, you got to you got to talk to the boss of the family. <laughs> I'm still not paying for anything. So. <laughs> um, so that's well, that's the way it should be. Um, you're not even old enough to go into bars yet, so you're exactly. still you're still quite young. I have time. I have yes, time. Yes, that's right. Um, so, what about I mean, all those tremendous wins, and I, I would have to think that winning Indian Wells in that final match would be a standout. But is there any other matches in this little recent period that has really um, has you feel is like your best match, or or is that the one? My best match. My best match. I think it was the one against Muguruza. 
I was in the zone from start to finish, A to Z. Um, it was crazy because um, I don't think I really missed a ball. I was just hitting winners left and right, <laughs> and my serve was really good that match, so I think that was definitely one of my best matches. Yes, I, I saw gave so, her a tough time. I saw some of the highlights, and then she just didn't know what to do. I mean, yeah. it wasn't that she was playing terrible. You just weren't letting her play at all. It was it was an impressive match. I thought you might Thank say you. that, actually. <laughs> I mean, 0-1 against a former number one, yeah. I think, is pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> The ice bath must have felt extra sweet. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, after every match, I had to take an ice bath. I was so tired. But it was great that they had a day in between. It, that definitely helps. It's easier on the mind than on the body just to have For a sure. day off, just to soak everything in. I, I'm going to ask you, but I don't, you don't have to answer. Worst loss recently. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, one that you're disappointed in. You well, know? does the one I retire count? Well, you know what? I think it does because it's it is disappointing, right, to have it's, to do that. Yeah, it's the toughest decision an athlete can make on the court. Um, but yeah, my shoulder was bugging me. I've been playing a lot uh, last couple of months, but at one point you have to listen to your body. And in the past, I I um, had trouble doing that, but I've learned my lesson. So I think yeah, that that yeah, match. Can... Or also actually, the one against. Uh, Julia Gorges in the finals was disappointing because I was one game away from winning that. Um, but in the finals of Indian Wells, I learned my lesson. So well, I think <laughs> it's I not think too you can, shabby. You're right. I think you can draw on that Georgia's matches at that same moment in something like Indian Wells because you go, you know, it's yeah. just it's this and close. I was one game away from winning, so I just told myself, put the ball. In the <laughs> Four more because minutes. Because I was going for I was going for way way too much. Um, in that game against Julia, I think it's because I was getting too excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm one game away from winning. So I made sure to stay calm with Gerber. Um, you know what? Um, we've talked a lot about um, about uh, your tennis, but just a couple personal. What's what kind of music do you listen to? What's your favorite artists uh, right now? I'm really easy, um, but if I had to choose, it would be hip hop definitely. And my favorite artist right now is Drake and I listened a lot to Nipsey Hussle unfortunately he passed away um, it's it, it keeps happening it's crazy it's so sad um, and also Kodak Black Rihanna uh, Playboy Cardi all of the all of those guys <laughs> have you met Drake yet no I haven't that is definitely on my bucket uh, well list. you're in the same town it could happen uh, maybe one day at the Raptors game we'll be there at the same time Perhaps, that would yes. be great um, What's your favorite meal? I'm a foodie, so I don't have a favorite meal. I love everything, really. I don't know. <sighs> Pasta bolognese, I think. Sounds Is that how you say it? Bolognese? Yeah. Sounds as good as any. Easy. Um, <laughs> I've seen, and others have seen, um, that you, when you have some off time, you like to go to the beach. Mm -hmm. uh, now you're recently in Miami. What, what's your favorite beach? <sighs> you know, vacation spot. Yes, Bahamas. The water there is crystal clear. You could honestly see everything underwater. They definitely have one of the best beaches. So, Bahamas. Um, in who, Nassau. Who, uh, getting back to tennis a little bit, who was your WTA idol before you became one of their peers? Like, who did you look up to when you were a bit younger? 
Kim Kleisters, definitely. Um, I really looked up to her because she wasn't like all the other players. She had a different game style. She was an all-around player. She was very strong mentally, physically, and uh, her game just suited mine as well because at that point I was also uh, very, I also had a lot of variety in my game, so I definitely looked up to her. And now it's, it's still her, obviously, but um, uh, on the tour right now, it's definitely Simona Halep. Thought you might say that. <laughs> She she certainly Romanian inspired you. Power. To, she certainly inspired you to yeah. turn pro. At you know, she said, "Do it now. Don't don't wait. You've challenged. You know, you've run out of challenges at that uh, um, junior level. Let's mm-hmm. go for the big time." And I think that was yeah. great advice. It was. It was. I, I appreciate look all forward that. to the day you play her. That's going to be quite epic. I know. I was really <laughs> close in Miami. Yeah, I'm sure it will happen. Um, do you have a favorite ATP pro? Do you follow them? I mean, obviously, of course, a couple of, course. of friends. Better. End of story. I'm hopping on that bandwagon. <laughs> How can you not love Roger? He's an incredible athlete, an incredible person, and I have so much respect for this guy. He just won his 101 title in Miami, so it's incredible, and what he's done for the sport is amazing. Excellent. Well, you know what, Bianca, we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, do our very first on tennis podcast, and we wish you all the best success. Um, as uh, the best, uh, the number 23 ranked player in the WTA Tour, number one player in Canada, and as I said once before, the number one player in Ontario. That sounds pretty damn good. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Pleasure. Thank you.